Welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. Uh, Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash eavesdrop. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for you, your I- for, for you and your iPhone and your Android Kindle or MP3 player. So please order a, a Audible from audible.com/eavesdrop, and we'll get a little bit on the back end. Uh, so I got that out of the way. Uh, today's podcast is uh, a, a sit down with uh, Teresa, uh, someone I've known for my entire time in sobriety, and someone who has inspired me from the go. Uh, in a way that just somebody that you don't particularly know, but you feel, um, I don't know, a, a spiritual connection with, uh, I'll, I'll say. Uh, and, and you know, you, you feel something for somebody and you don't have anything to find that really explains why it's there other than you just know they're your kind of people. And, and that's who Teresa was, is. And uh, this conversation uh, was remarkable. Uh, and her story is terrific. And, and, and her message is really, really beautiful. And I'm so, so excited to have been able to, to talk to her and to share this with you guys. So please enjoy this conversation with Teresa L. I'm, okay. I'm sitting down with Teresa, my friend Teresa. Say hi, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> hi, Dylan. Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm really happy you're here. I, I, I was surprised how fast you got back to me. I, 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 because we never see each other anymore, and I feel like we never. I, you're, you're somebody I've known since as long as I've been coming around, and I've just you're just known, right? Like to me, you're like there, like a comforting presence anytime I see you even if the most I ever get out of you is a nod hello I feel uh comforting know. is good that's a comforting. good word I've uh, never heard that one before for, well yeah <laughs> with great. regards to you right. no, I'm, I'm a comforting presence that's uh, awesome come on that's you, growth for me is it growth get <laughs> yeah, out of here really. well and part of what drew my attention is uh I and I, I we didn't really talk about this before I hit go but so you just tell me anything you don't want to talk about, and we can either not talk about it or strike it. I'm an open book. That's also it. why I was excited to bring you in because I assumed <laughs> as much. Um, yeah. But you just celebrated 30, correct? Yep. Three zero. Yep. Triple X. Tri- yeah. <laughs> triple X, and that's uh, remarkable because you're only 35. So you've been counting since you were a five year old. Right. I was born sober. <laughs> <laughs> right. Age is just a number. There you go. Yeah. No, I. But you, you did get. Sober at, a, at an early age. Yes, yes I was twenty-one. You were twenty-one. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, and then we can strike that part too. We just <laughs> we can make a bleep. We can Don't put a bleep noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not uh, ashamed. We're ashamed for not goodness' sakes. No, yeah. I'm. You're. You know, you're just a couple of years older than me, and you look you look great, and you've got three times as much sobriety as me. So that that is something to be uh, hoarding over me, uh, like um, you're in charge of my life. So that's yes. good. Yes, that, that's I how like you feel. That. But yeah, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I, I, we don't see each other. So when I reached out, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't really know you. So I was like worried. You'd be like, what, what are you talking about? I don't want to go talk on your stupid podcast. I don't, I don't know what, what you're even, so you coming back right away or getting back to me right away was, it made me, uh, I don't know. 
I try to do as much of this seat of the pants slash following the next right indicated thing. So you getting back to me, I felt like, okay, this is the, this is the right, the right move here. Cause irrespective of your presence physically, you've been present in uh, my story for a number of years now, mainly because, uh, and I guess I'll just start here because it's at the top of my head. Like, I don't know what chip I picked up. I don't know, five, six, mm-hmm. something. One of the chips a few years ago, you were present and you gave me a hard time about it. Or I don't even know. You probably won't remember this, but you you, you made some comment to the effect that you had bet against me when you saw me coming in the room. had a wager. A wager. That's what yes, it was. Yes, it was a wager. I remember that. You do remember yes, it. Okay, I good. Do. So often I mention things and people are like, I, I don't remember. No, what that's the about. truth. It was the truth. I believe it's Absolutely. the truth. Because it struck me at the time because I was like, oh, what? And then, you know, within a second of reflection, I was like, that makes sense. Of course, I, I can see that even today. But it was even worse when I first came walking in that I would have been somebody who'd be like, yeah, this guy. And now you see him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, even by the time when you had said that to me, I was like, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that because <laughs> right. I could see the same thing with, you know, a handful of people walking in. But, but yeah, so I appreciate that. I thought that was very funny. And I think about it every time I get a chip now That's great. of you, you saying that because it wasn't malicious. It wasn't, it was just kind of a, yeah, no, I, I had a wager. It, so it's you like say good it. job. Go, <laughs> go team. <laughs> go team. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about you. So what, okay, so 30 years sobriety. Yes. So 30 years in recovery, let's say. I mean, how, no. do you, how do you talk about it? I've been sober 30 years. <clears throat> okay. I started 32 years. I started when I was 19. Okay, so yeah. it took you a couple of years. So tell uh, me about that. Like what, what led you to want to start coming in or why did you have to start coming in? The or, cops or... were looking for me. At 19? Yes. But what does that mean? Everybody like, was getting busted. For what? What are you talking about? For cocaine. So you came in... 19-year-old cokehead? Is that I, how you're in? Yes, absolutely. So my drug of choice in? was alcohol. I drank alcohol my whole life because I'm from a family of alcoholism. Sure. And I uh, got into cocaine, free-based cocaine, a number of years prior to being 19. Where were you? I was living on the streets. But where? I was here in Boise, Payette, Fruitland, McCall. I lived with a couple guys in McCall, Idaho. Uh, I won't say their names. Sure. But uh, they uh, were from California, and they did shipments every two weeks. So I would help sell with them, and I would do a round. I would go from McCall to here to Boise. Then I'd go pay up Fruitland and go back up to McCall. And I did my not doings. expect this to be what your story was. I, <laughs> free base cocaine. Okay, free so base cocaine. 32 years ago. So this would have been in the early 90s. I was 17. Eight, I, was, I, was, I got through high school. I graduated through high school, but I lived on my own through high school. And I okay. had a son, my son, my senior year. He's okay. 33. Okay. And um, I was an alcoholic drug addict like way before I even graduated. I got kicked out of Boise when I was 15. Boise High? Boise, uh, Boise Idaho. You got kicked out of Boise? What it do you was mean either St. Anthony's. Uh, they were going to send me to St. Anthony's or I had to go to Donnelly, Idaho with my grandma. What is St. Anthony? St. Anthony is. is a juvenile um, oh, okay. Okay. prison. Basically a prison. Yeah, okay. uh, out south. And so I was so going to be where, where, were your, where were your folks? So why did you have to go to your grandparents? My folks, they, my folks were drunks. Uh, my dad, full-blown alcoholic. My mom, she couldn't deal with my energy. So she just kind of <laughs> deal with She was just like, get away. So they just kind of did their own thing. And they got a divorce at 11 and so when I was 11. Sure. And then... Um, it was, I went with my dad because my mom couldn't deal with me. I annoyed her, so. Your mom couldn't deal with you, but you just said your dad was a full-blown alcoholic. So, so he was never around. He just so your choice me. was to go with someone who totally didn't want you. I did didn't not have you. a choice. Okay, so your mom just vacated. I had to go with my dad. 
do you, do you still what's your relationship with with both or either of they're them? fine but they're your fine relationship now. with them you're, my you're, relationship's fine with them oh okay through okay. 12 steps <laughs> and a <laughs> okay. lot of years yeah. work <laughs> but it, it is it is present yes right? and right. we acknowledge each other and we talk and i don't go out of my way and spend a lot of time with either one but i love them they're my parents and sure. they are who they are today so the, so you grew up here in boise is that right? Until so I was four, 15, to, And then 14. you had to go to Donnelly. My to, grandma took me. So I imagine that was... Boring. Yeah. Donnelly's... I'm trying to even picture... Yeah. I got into fishing and hiking and the wilderness. But and that seems I'd like that already, would be... A, that a, was my gig anyways. It would be a good direction younger. for you, though. Well, yeah, were, but no. Like when you're 15 and you're partying hard... I let's wait, pause it. for a second. So you were partying so hard at 15 that they gave you the choice of going... So like, describe what was going on then. Okay, so prior to that, I hadn't yeah. lived with my parents since I was 12 because my dad was a full-blown to... drunk. And, and so I was, was supposed just... to be living with him, but I was running the streets and going to school. And, Good God, okay. Okay, doing whatever. And then um, at 13, I introduced him to my best friend's mom, and we thought that would be so cool. We could live together. Oh, so you could be siblings. Right, that was a mess. That was a fucking train wreck, right? So so then... Um, <laughs> Wait, so that actually worked? You introduced him to the we mom introduced and then him, they hooked they up together, and then it got And into... it was awful. Sure. And I mean, she I had can... like nine kids all, with all different fathers. Uh... It was awful. Her son was cute. <laughs> Who so... was going to be your stepbrother? <laughs> right. He was cute. And his her, uh, her daughter was no longer my best friend, obviously, because we became kind of stepsisters and we fought a lot. Oh, so then you became enemies? <laughs> yeah, so I beat... Like, I fought a lot. I was a fighter. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So so then um, I got kicked out of the house because I kept... At 12. At 13. 13, okay. Because I kept hurting the other her kids. kids. Yeah. And um, so then I moved in with my... He's not really my uncle. I don't know why I called him uncle. But like a family friend? Like a family friend. And I okay. moved in with him and his wife. And he was full-blown alcoholic and let me do whatever I wanted. Uh. And so I did. And um, he almost burned a house down when I was about... I was 14, so we moved. He did? What do you mean? Like he, he just fell asleep, asleep with, with a cigarette? Su- okay, yeah. that's exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> and so um, we had to move. So we moved to the north part of um, of uh, downtown, north end. But the north end, okay. And so I had to go to north junior high now. Sure. So all this time I'm going to school because I knew that if I didn't go to school, they'd foster me. Right, okay. So I was like smart in that kind of way, but I was partying the whole time. Smoking pot, doing PCP, taking speed. In junior high? In junior high. I started in the using when I was nine. Ju- I mean, could, how do you get introduced to that level of... Drugs and alcohol? Yeah, well, I alcohol, I could feel like that's... I mean, so so the, I'm going to guess that the, that the PCP or whatever... Just came with the people I bought the pot from. I always hung out with okay. older people, and I always okay. hung out with older people, and they always had the better shit. <clears throat> Sure. So they just knew, you know? Oh, boy. So that's what I did. And um, so we moved in. I went to North Junior High, and there was a crew of people that I knew in North, and I talked him into stealing this car. Oh, my. So we stole this Mach 1 Mustang. It was the Bumblebee type, sure. the really cool yellow and black one, and it was fast, right? And back then, you could gas and go. What do right? you mean? You could fill up gas and go. You didn't have the credit card run. Oh, you just sure. go in, yeah, pull you go up, fill up your tank yeah. and go, right? Yeah, yeah. Just take off. So that's what we did. We got caught in Colorado. So here we are, a bunch of 14-year-olds. In a stolen vehicle. In a stolen vehicle. 
Thousands of miles. Thousands of miles away from home and Holy fuck, armed and you dangerous. Are a 13 bad APBs. Kid. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Super bad. So there was 13 APBs out for our arrest. Oh my gosh. And um, we were armed and dangerous because we had, because I've always liked guns and knives. And... This is not at all what I was expecting <laughs> to hear at all. Keep going. Please. So so now you know why I got sober at 21. <laughs> yeah, right? okay. okay. Well, I knew it was going to be a raucous story, but good Lord. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got into the system. Uh, Law-wise, uh-huh. when I was 13, I fought a girl and broke her ribs and cracked her spine, and, and she um, Just for a kid did at school? the funky chicken at, on Capitol High. At Capitol High School, we were okay. at this choir thing, and she got in my bag, and so... And I wasn't the type of person that would beat you up in front of everybody. I was better doing it in private. So I told my friend to shut the door and watch, make sure nobody showed up. Oh. And so I proceeded to just pummel her, right? Just beat the shit out of her. And she started doing the funky chicken on the floor, and I took off and hid out for a couple weeks on that. Meaning like she was convulsing? Yeah, bad. And so I took off, and and, uh, I hid out for about two weeks, and they found me and arrested me and took me into juvie. You were one of those kids I was terrified of Mm -hmm. as a kid. I was the bully. Jeez Louise. Yeah, story. You're making me want to speak more and more sissy. Like, oh my (laughs) gosh, Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my dad hired an attorney for something one day, and he says, man, that last name sounds really familiar. Oh, no way. And he was like, yeah. He's like, do you have a daughter? He's like, yeah, I have four of them. He was like, well, there was one that beat me up and took my lunch money in school. He's like, oh, that had to have been Teresa. Oh, okay. So you're talking as an adult. This, okay, okay. I thought yeah. you meant when you were a kid. No. And he hired a, he an like, attorney, and he's like, I know your 13-year-old no. daughter. I joined yeah. a softball team and ran into somebody. That sure. Well, this is Boise. I mean, that, that makes sense yeah. if yeah. you stayed yeah. around and you're – I guess, I don't know, no longer live the lifestyle of wherever that seems like you're headed. Because then, okay, so you moved to Donnelly. So where do you, where does this selling and running drugs and all that, how does that kick well, in at? I, um, at 17, I was an ongoing, parties were at my house all the sure. time because I lived in my own apartment. Okay. And I was pregnant and I was like the coolest kid in school because I had my own Because you were 17 and, and pregnant. And I, and I, yeah, and I had my own pad, so we had parties all the time, sure. right? In Donnelly. In, in McCall, in Donnelly McCall. McCall, yeah. Right. Okay. I went to school at Donnelly High. Donnelly McCall High. And, um, and uh, one thing led to another, and I met these guys okay. that ran this restaurant in McCall, and I got a job from them, and I worked for them in the restaurant. And then they introduced me to a bunch of stuff, and they said that I could live with them as long as I um, did not get caught free. They didn't want me to freebase in their house. I could snort it, but I could not, but they didn't want me freebasing it. And I took care of their son. One of them had a son. So, okay. So I took care of him, <laughs> and they paid me 100 bucks every Saturday with all the coke so they, I wanted. To be clear, they hire a woman who's pregnant, is actively using cocaine, as long oh, no, to, to is, watch I, their own children, no, no, as no. long as you're okay. not freebasing. I didn't. I didn't do the cocaine till after I had my kid. Well, that's yeah, good. I didn't, that's, yeah, that's yeah, good I waited. I just smoked pot and drank when I had I, him. I understand. So, yeah, yeah. so I started the cocaine after he was good. After your kid after was I had my son, yeah. and, and you, so you had your son. So I graduated from high school. I had him on New Year's Day, first day, baby born in 1986. Really? Okay. Yeah. A newspaper article said first baby crashes party. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. So. <laughs> Picture of you in the paper, thumbs up with yeah. the baby. <laughs> with the, but the still, okay, but, no. but but that notwithstanding, they hire somebody who they're aware is an active drug user to watch their children, and their only caveat is just don't freebase in front of our kids. Well, That's see, terrific. There was, only, there was no women in the house. There was just <laughs> men in the house. So I sure. lived there, 
and I took care of the kid, yeah, and okay. I and I wasn't supposed to like. I mean, I could use. I, I get it. I you get you get a lot of shit done on coke, <laughs> right? I mean, come I on. guess you're right. That is the best. You play with the kid all day. I mean, it's like, come on, man. You know, and then it, and then, but they told me that it, they would kick me out if they caught me freebasing. Okay. I and I got caught freebasing. Sure, because it's the out. one thing they told you not to do. Right. So of course you're going to do <laughs> right. it, right? So I got kicked out, but okay. I still dealt for him. Got you. So uh, I was going to join beauty school. <laughs> they just said that's too far. Yeah, you just can't do yeah, that anymore. Okay. You got. It's weird. That think I, about that. That's right. Think I'm trying to milk it as though it's ridiculous, but it the whole situation really is it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, and those well, are the but, chaoses that we live in. But that was, you know, soon after the uh, Richard Pryor free, free base incident, right. so it had become a real stigma huge. among the coke users. It was huge. Yeah, <laughs> and I snorted for a long time, and then sure. when I started, free that's an expensive drug habit. Though. Yeah, but not if you work for the guys that deal it. I guess it makes sense. And sure. you deal for them. Sure. Yeah. See, I wasn't the cocor, but I met a lot of cocors. I feel you. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that was the upper. I mean, I was like, you know. So I'm mean, assuming this led to a prison threaten for them. Least? No, but not for you. You, you I, uh, for your own story. So you you find your way to trying to get sober because you're saying this was 17 when you got kicked out and you first started trying to come around when I was 19. 19. So you have two years of like a free basin and out there. Out there, completely so out there. My your, son was with his dad. I was going to say. So where's your okay? Yep, which is great. I mean, I'm so glad for that. But sure. like, I was out there. I was definitely so on for a the couple run. years. So what brought you to the point of needing to come in? Well, because I did that circular. I did the the McCall and then the Boise and then the Payette Fruitland is what, how I dealt right. Okay. And I had an apartment in Payette because I was supposed to go to beauty school, so I got all the grants to go to beauty school. Okay. And I got this welfare apartment to get on welfare to live in this apartment, and okay. I and I had some stuff in there, but I never did it. Some stuff like drugs? Excuse me. No, like furniture. Oh, oh, okay. To live in there, right? So you and never did it mean I never like went it... to beauty school. Oh, I just took the grants and freaking got loaded. So so I never went to beauty school. So I had this apartment that I was rarely at. I okay. didn't even live there because I was constantly got doing it. the circle. Got it. And there was this guy in Fruitland that I stopped by and when I he would I would stop there and he was super paranoid, right? So okay. he always had his curtains drawn, guns on the table, like super <sighs> sketchy, right? But he knew my knock, so I knocked. There was no answer, and I knocked. There was no answer, which is not like him to not be there. Okay. So then I went to my apartment in Payette, stopped by there, and just kind of chilled for a minute. And this guy that was transporting me, okay, um, <laughs> which was my sugar daddy. Okay. Super weird, but that's true. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's why you paused there for a yeah, second. Yeah, he's this married guy, and he transported me, and we were at the apartment in Payette. Transported you, so he stuck you he in would, the boot of the car. Yeah, and drove he just you like truck. he drove me all over. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? So he's like, sit down, shut up, and hold on. But he, so, so we went into my apartment, and he had gotten the newspaper, and uh, in the newspaper it said that there had been a bust at that house previous, oh. and that the house had been under surveillance. Okay, and it talked about how it had been under surveillance. And I'm like, oh, holy shit! Right, like I'm in like so. Then I went straight to McCall, right. I get to McCall. I go to these guys' house that are the shipment sure. provide the guys that to provide, and I'm I'm, <clears throat> I'm there and I'm telling them the deal. And then I get a phone call saying my apartment was a was reported abandoned, and that they had taken everything out of my apartment. So then I left there and I'm freaking out like sure. I'm super freaked out now, right? So I leave there and I come back down to Boise at this crack house by <laughs> by the airport, and I'm hiding out at this crack house by the airport. And um, I go to my dad's because I have this 
eating disorder, obviously, too, because I'm on cocaine. Okay. I go to my dad's house. They're like, oh, my God, you need to eat. You look terrible. Okay. And my dad went outside because he's Irish and he gets super angry. So my stepmom said she needed to talk to me. And she says, we think you have an alcohol and drug problem. Right. So I'm that like, was your dad. Your dad's uh, inability to even communicate, com- communicate with, with you. He just... Because we bonked heads. He was just going to be angry, so he left. Yeah, we fought. Got it. We'd okay. fight. Of course. And so uh, I said, yeah. Yeah, no shit right and so i don't know what to do about it it's pretty hopeless i'm pretty hopeless right i didn't know what to do never heard of aa never heard of anything and um he uh she says well my my friend took her son to the nampa mercy care unit to uh get sober and i was like is it confidential right and she was like yeah and i said 100 percent confidential nobody will know that i'm there Uh, they have no idea what i'm going through right now sure And she was like, yeah. I said, sign me up. Okay. So you were just trying to get away. Yeah. Basically. So I went to Nampa Mercy Care Unit and I detoxed for 13 days. And that's the only time I felt like I was dying from this disease. Okay. It's the only time, man. I came down hard and everybody got busted. And did they not have, but they did the, the Nampa Mercy Medical, is that what you said? Nampa they, Mercy. They didn't have It was like a medical a, unit. But they didn't give you any like oh, controlled yeah. come down? Oh yeah, they, they did. did. But you still felt like you were going to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they gave me, They <clears throat> it, it was called sauced me. They sauced me. Sure. They had a little white cup with applesauce in there with pills, <sighs> which are now a huge addiction of its own, I think. Now, oh, okay. Whatever you know? they were. Yeah, opiates or whatever. I don't know. But uh, so that's how I detoxed. And that's how I got introduced to, to uh, the program. That's how I got introduced to what it felt like being sober. Sure. Like, because uh, so at that point, it was probably the longest you'd been sober in a f- 13 uh, days. Yeah, 13 days, but it was mm-hmm. probably the longest in five years or something at oh, that point. Easy. Yeah, because yeah, okay. when I went up to, when I got went to Donnelly, I stayed sober till school started. Okay. As soon as school started, man, I I could find it anytime. You oh, know how we I are. See. So it's no big deal. <laughs> I moved up to So McCall. you mean when you were 14? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got yeah. You. you didn't find it. It's no big deal. Of course. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. It's like, hey, you look like a stoner. So, the, so then, so you, you're in that place for a month or so, I'm guessing. No, I was in Nampa for 13 days. Oh, it was 13 said, was you it. You don't have a house. You don't have assets. You don't have a job. You don't have insurance. This oh. is a $10,000 rehab. Okay. You cannot stay. Oh, when you said 13, I thought you meant like 13 days and then everything kicked in. No, for, then okay. they transferred then they... me to the Port of Hope and Twin. Okay. Because I played it off like I was going to die. And I, because I saw that. What do you mean? I mean, you know how people come to meetings and talk about how they're going to die from the disease. And okay, like, so you like just I have like, this huge over impact. My brain goes Mach 4 all the time. I, I, well, I can pick up on yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like I hear stuff and I'm like, okay, I'll use that. Okay. So you, so you adopted something to keep you in somehow in the. What, let's say the system. It's not hiding really a system, from right? the law. Hiding from the law, right? Because yeah, like you said, all those other people got busted. You yep. were basically disappeared as far as they yep. knew. Okay, so they send you to Twin, and so you continue twenty eight days. Okay, so you got a twenty eight day program there, and then but then it still took you a couple of years before shit started to really kick in. I for stayed you, so. sober over a year. I stayed sober. I got sober in July. Okay. I remember it being around the 4th of July, somewhere around there. When you were 19. When I was 19. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date. But I stayed sober for about a year, and I detox, or I mean, I relapsed two days after Christmas. That same year? That same year. So it, I, no, I had year. a year. Okay. I had a year. So it had been just over a year. Okay. So, um... Or a year and a half almost. I yeah, guess, a year and a half. Life. It was okay. a year and a half. Okay. And I, de- and I relapsed two days after Christmas, and... The response from my mom and my family was that, well, if you were going to 
relapse why didn't you drink wine with us on christmas yeah that was that's nice of them yeah i know i was like what so how so when you say you relapsed it just you just got drunk or did you just like oh, no. go flying out there i was in a three-day blackout showed oh. up to pick up my kid oh. they called his dad the dad came and got him i didn't know what happened to me i don't know still to this day what i started with tequila slammers went to schnapps red sticky bud and and then next thing i know i'm out i'm like i i mean and i was on fire again until june 19th of 1989 so two days after christmas all the way through six six months or so was in my relapse jesus Mm -hmm. no yeah Mm -hmm. oh my goodness yeah so that was my relapse and when i went back in i showed up at the fellowship hall in a blackout and i knew everybody because i worked at the port of hope okay for a minute okay cooking Hate so, cooking. I don't know why I had that job. So okay. So where's the fell? I guess I don't know where you're talking about. In where Twin did... Falls. Okay. The okay. Fellowship Hall in Twin okay, Falls. Yeah, I don't know the place. That's too. where I got sober, and so <laughs> it was. You know, I mean, that's just kind of how I did it. Walked in there, and they said um, I woke up in detox at the Port of Hope. Okay. I'm like, what? The so somebody somebody here? deposited you there, or you don't? I you showed still up don't at know? the Fellowship Hall. They said. Oh, said, you showed up. I showed like, up there in a blackout. Wasted. Oh, I see. Okay, and then you come to some hours later. In detox. Huh, and then that's it, though. That's stuck. That was it, man. Because then, so describe that, right? Like waking up there and like, I mean, go back to that spot, will you? Like I, I can, I, I can, I'm putting my own memories from, I mean, mine was a much more truncated and far less colorful <laughs> <laughs> relapse and whole story, let's say, but. I, when I finally did, cause I had to go, I wound up in two rehabs within six months <clears throat> and somewhere early in the second one, there was a real difference in the way I felt. There was a real difference in like my awareness of the world around me. Like w- there had to be something that does something stick out for you as being different when you came to and were like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, like, absolutely. It was like a huge clarity because I'm telling you, when I went in at 19 and I talked and people would talk about how they're alcoholic drug addicts mm-hmm. and all of that, like that whole time going to meetings, that little stents that I had of, of sobriety and I could sell it to anybody. I mm-hmm. could talk all day long and convince you that I have like tons of time and I'm really good at this and I'm right. great recovery. But I was not like my brain told me the whole time that if I would just get a little bit of self-discipline in my life right. because I've never had self-discipline sure. and I've never had moderation. And I stayed sober for that amount of time. And I was like, man, I got this, right? Sure. Dude, this is awesome. I well, got this. I can do this. This is what I'm getting at. So when you woke up and like realized after a few days sitting there of like something's di- like. Like you, I'm an alcoholic. Right. So. That's what it was. It was like, I really am a fucking alcoholic drug addict. Like, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind or anything about me that could argue it at that point. I was completely, absolutely defeated at that point. I was so beaten that it was like, like, I just wanted to die because I felt cursed. Yeah. Like I, because I spent that year and a half listening to all these people and, and I kept myself completely separated from them. Yeah. Right. An arrogant separation. Like, oh, they're a bunch of crazy fucks, you know. Uh Oh, look at her. (laughs) You know, I mean, all this judgment stuff, all this crazy stuff. I I relate a lot. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I went through all of that, and I kept myself completely terminally unique. Yeah, Separated from them entirely because 
man, I was one of the smartest people I knew because I didn't do prison time. (laughs) To your credit, that was a very smart move that you made. Right. And I, I mean, and I've never lost a husband or lost a house or all this country music shit, you know, and that's kind of how I looked at it. It's just a country song, you know, And, and I was totally judgmental to it. And when I came back in and I finally woke up to the fact that, I knew absolutely in every bit of me that I was an alcoholic drug addict. Yeah. And I knew that if I didn't stop, I was going to die. And before I had went in on my blackout, I had a situation with my son. My son was three years old. Okay. And this is where it hit me on the inside in the gut, like before I actually went in and asked for help. Sure. Because I I couldn't tell you what happened after that because I stayed loaded. Sure. But I remember this specifically was that we were at this house and we're, I was partying, obviously, and there was kids running around and playing, and it was just one of those things, you sure. know. And um, uh, this guy had this smoke bomb, and it was a hand grenade. Like a real smoke bomb? Like, like a, a smoke bomb. Yeah, okay. it was a hand grenade. Okay. And I was, like, messing around with it. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, it's a smoke bomb. I was like, it's really old. And he was like, yeah. I said, I wonder if it still works. And he was like, yeah, probably not. And I was like, well, and he said something about me not pulling the pin. Oh, uh. Okay. You don't want to tell me not to do anything. <laughs> I've never been good at being bossed around. I, I can I I will attest that that yes. it seems like that's today, even to today. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I pull the pin, I throw it on the floor, it explodes, oh, the house sh- catches fire. What? The carpet caught on fire. There was a big like bushfire in the middle of the carpet. It was weird. It was like because it started smoking and then the rug. Sure, it's hot. It was like a shag carpet or sure. something just caught fire. Okay. So they're tr- but this guy rents this place, so he's got this big <laughs> fucking hole in his carpet, right? Thanks for inviting and, Teresa. And, and I'm all like, Woo! <laughs> fucking go! Right? I'm super excited about it. I'm like, and my kid's got a hold of my leg and he's screaming, okay. terrified, right? Sure. Terrified screaming. Everything calms down. Those guys calm down. The carpet's out. <laughs> right? The carpet's Windows out. Windows are open. Smoke Windows is are back. out. Doors are open. <laughs> no cops. Thank God we got it before anyone realized that the cops should come or the fire trucks. And, uh, and of course, my, uh, me, I'm like, oh, I'll get a replace for you. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. I was homeless, dude. I was bouncing from party to party. I had no place to stay or nothing. <laughs> so you so didn't have access to carpets? <laughs> I had no access to carpets. But I, I'd go find some, I'm sure, somehow. So... I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Oh, boy. You know, I'm good for it, dude. I got your back. Yes, I, oh. I do know you. <laughs> so stupid. So, so my son climbs up on my lap, mm-hmm. and he has these big brown eyes, and he's just cute as shit, right? Three-year-old little boy climbs up on my lap, and he puts his hands on both sides of my face. Mm-hmm. And he says, Mom. I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, where's our home? So right then, it was like, like my gut just. Oh my god! Like I felt it so like, you know what I? My answer was to him, my alcoholic drug addict answer was, honey, we we we're home as long as we're together. As long as we're together, we're always home. As long as we're we got each other. Sure. We're we're good. We're good. I promise. Yeah. But I my insides. Of course. Were just wrecked, and then I don't know how much longer after that scenario. Right. But I ended up walking in and getting sober. Right. So that was it. I knew absolutely that there was no doubt in my mind. And when I got sober and I finally, I already knew who I wanted to have as a sponsor. Because you'd been coming around for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend tells me, 
says something to me. She was just my friend at the time. She says, I have one question to ask you. And this is a 12-step call, right? I mean, I'm in treatment. I'm in. Okay. I'm going to treatment. But they got tired of listening to my shit. They sure. really did. Well, yeah, okay. Because so. I was toxic. I didn't. I People know when you're selling it and people know when you're sharing sure. it. Sure. At least right? some people. The, the right, right people will, right? You can usually tell when someone's talking <laughs> out of their fucking neck, right? And that was me, okay? Okay. And so, so she says to me, can you accept from this point on that you cannot use another drug or drink another alcohol or anything because right. if you do that, you're going to die from this disease. Right. And everybody, and I lost it. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, I had like, I mean, I was just toast. Sure. I was like, yes. Oh my God. And, and really that was the most emotional I felt in my first step, like ever. Sure. Like I knew at that point that it's okay to be, to be, to be not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, I was willing to go to any lengths to get sober at that point. Huh. And, and that then, was 20, you were 21. Yeah. So you've never June had, a, 19th, you've never had like a legal drink basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm old enough that age was 19. Oh, that's Let's right. Let's not that's forget right. Yeah, that. I forgot about that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. And okay. So, and something I do know about you is that like, you're very avid, uh, in the program, or at least you have been historically in, the, in my history i guess yes. like um, i've i've heard you share that you like you work the steps every year yes i don't know how true that or how much that's just me remembering it wrong but i mean you're you're, you're very active um and something i i'm trying to remember to ask everybody when i sit down with them is so like what is your uh what is your picture of a higher power today compared to what it was at that time at 21 like how, how when you think back on your your inside reflection on a higher power today and think back to what it was then like how how does that differ for you completely yeah. i didn't believe in one so I what had were you no doing interest in so, it. so how did I faked you, it okay so uh, i worked the 12 steps like i as if i had something and i but i wasn't feeling it and I so wasn't. were you pretend so were you pretending to yourself about it or were you just saying consciously like hey i I got nothing here, but I'm going to move forward. With I got nothing anyway. here. I got to move forward. How do I move forward? She says, write down on a piece of paper what it would look like to you. Right. That's it. That's what, all I what have. What a higher power would look like yep. to you? Okay. And I put it on a piece of paper, like three words, loving, trusting, and guiding. Okay. I had no idea. Like I was raised in a dysfunctional family, right? <laughs> okay, Like sure. I had no idea. I never went to church or anything. Sure. Prayer was like super uncomfortable for me. But so, but you just set that down and said, okay, I'll just move forward it. as if. That's it. Yeah. That was it. And I didn't feel it for seven years. And I remember at my seventh year, I think you've probably heard me share this. Sure. That at my seventh year, I had a spiritual experience. And in that spiritual experience, I felt it. What? Like it was a hundred percent like sense of okayness that I've searched for my whole entire time, my whole life. And it was through uh, absolute surrender, through pain, desperation, fear. Um, what, can you be more like, what happened? Well, my, my grandma died. And, and, it was... and I didn't have, um, when my grandma died, I had, I had see, one thing they left out. Your grandma it, who you'd lived with at 14. She was my rock. Okay. Yeah. And so... Like, and I got sober and I stayed sober and I, you know, I was living life and I had gone to school and finished my schooling and sure. I'm stylist, I'm manager, I'm like running these shops, like things are really good, 
you know. Um, and I imagine you're probably I'm playing co-ed she, softball. I'm not your... active in the program. I wasn't going to very many meetings. Oh, okay. At this time, okay. I moved back up to McCall. Okay. And stopped going to meetings because, see, I thought that like they meant like once you get it, then <laughs> right. you don't have to. You yeah, know. you graduate. <laughs> yeah, then you're cool, man. Just go live life, right? Sure. So at three, well, years, and I feel like a lot of people do 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 that. And yeah. I mean, that's some are successful. Well, that's part of what I'm doing. Not. That's part of what I'm doing with this podcast is just kind of giving people in the middle of that a little touch base, a little touchstone, but I don't mean yeah. to, to detract you. Keep, no, please, please it, keep going. And that's good. Cause people need to know that when they say keep coming back, it doesn't mean fucking tomorrow. It means like till you're dead. Yeah. Right. Like, but if, sure. but if they would have told me that when I first came in, I would have pieced out. That's, you know? that's more where I'm going. Right. Yeah. I would have totally pieced out. Yeah. So I thought that like, at you know three four years I'm cool yeah. right I'm well because you were you were I'm doing not, well right like you just yeah, said you finished school you were running places and, and I imagine that you had a solid relationship with your grandma right oh, absolutely I mean, at that point right absolutely. she was already she was your my rock. sponsor your grandma was your sponsor she was like, my sponsor because well, I didn't go to meetings anymore. okay I was about to say wait okay no so okay. she was like I feel you. I feel yeah you. I'm I'm going up there I'm seeing her every two weeks I'm okay. seeing I'm helping her I'm doing this I'm doing that and um. I moved back down to Boise in 95 mm -hmm. and um, I had moved down in 92 initially and finished my school and then I went back up because I like to play in the snow so sure. I moved up for a winter job Okay. and then I came back here in the summertime and got back into management and, and uh, I was on my um, second divorce at that time <laughs> oh, I'm pretty goodness. sure. Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I was married to him for like three months. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. So... <laughs> I don't know. It, it was, was weird. Okay. I dated him for like two years and then he was all, like, that's one of my big issues. Everybody has issues. Mine's sure. a relationship. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> we'll avoid that topic. So I'm going through that. Oh, no, we're getting he was into a that normie. Later. He was a normie. <laughs> okay. So he wasn't even in the program. So I'm dating someone that's a normie. He wasn't a normie. He was fucking weird. But, I feel you. So whatever. But uh, He was fucking weird. He was okay. weird. He was like, uh, after we got married, he got weird. Sure. wasn't he put it off you know the big facade when you first well, how long did you date if you only married for three for married well, for we like were together or like oh a couple years, years you said that's something okay, like that okay. two and a half years so um <laughs> anyway but he wouldn't give up so i was like all right i'll marry you. i can get rid of him so i was like okay it didn't mean anything to me i was never faithful in relationships till i was sober like I after know, after years. the spiritual moment, <laughs> right. all of that kind right. of coalesced and changed. I had, no, I had no like concept of what any of that meant. Okay. Man, you know, okay. so I was just a wildflower. <laughs> One might argue that you're still. <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> so I uh, in '96, I'm um, in the middle of a divorce, which was no big deal to me, right? Okay. So. Uh, I'm, I briefly go to meetings. Like, I just, like, show up every sure. once in a while. Hey, how you doing? I'm Teresa. You sure, know, I was sure. like, no big deal. Hadn't worked a sponsor. Hadn't worked the steps. Didn't okay. have a sponsor. This is interesting because I thought, I, I assumed that you'd been, like, hardcore from minute one. But... No way, man. Okay, yeah. So um, I was dry drunk. Sure. For, I, I was graced. I understand. I was yeah. graced for almost three years. Like, yeah. I have no idea how I did not use. Okay. I was at Dino's Bar dancing, having a good time. Okay. Playing City League softball. Crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh so my grandma died and they came to the shop that I was managing and, and my, my dad my stepmom did and uh um and that right then was like 
it for me. Like I didn't have anybody to call because I didn't have a sponsor. Okay. I didn't. Ha- I didn't hang out with people in the program, so I had no one in the. Like I didn't have. Like now I have nobody. Sure. Like, and I assume by that you mean like people who you feel connected to. I had like that, real I, friendship, yeah, like a real I, closeness right. with nothing. Was it? Was, did she die suddenly? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I called my friend that I got sober with. Okay. This cowboy, his name was Sam. Okay. And um, I got sober with him, and uh, and he was just this really cute cowboy that I had this little nineteen-year-old girl crush on. But he from in, Twin, in yeah, the, in the in the port of whatever in you the call Twin the place. up in Twin Falls. But okay. he wasn't in the port with me. He was in the meetings. He had a couple oh, years ahead of me. I got you. And so, um, so I called him because he stayed my friend forever, and okay. he showed up. Okay. Right, and he was there for me going through that, and then he left because he proposed to me. I'm like, well, you want to sleep? Oh, he did. So oh, it was well. weird. It's like not good timing. Yeah, that's. I was just about to say, well, it sounds like a real Get sweet guy, but no, so, yeah, that Get seems like well, maybe not so great. So then I felt betrayed there, right? So then, sure. <laughs> so then, so then I just shut everybody out, and and I sent my son to his dad's for a while, and uh, I lost my job, and I wrecked my truck. But all of this, you haven't used. Nothing. Wow. I hadn't used. You're right. This is a grace. Yeah. Boy, this, no, this is a recipe. No, this was all at once when my grandma died. Of course. No, I'm my saying, but wrecked. all this shit is happening. This yeah, is a right now. good recipe for like just giving up. I could have. Right. Like I, anyone that was like, I mean, to me, sure. like you didn't use through that? What? Right. No, that's uh, exactly what I'm thinking right now. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting, so I'm getting ready because my mind's like, yeah. my mind's getting to the point to where I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. Right. I go to the Olano Club okay. here in Boise, uh-huh. and I walk in there, and I, I, I'm pretty aggressive, and so <laughs> <laughs> anybody that knows me, so so I walk into the meeting, right, and I'm all I'm all like seriously messed up, like I have no idea, and I say, I remember at the Olano Club, I, I said, you know what, I said, I just want to say that if this is what sobriety has to offer, I don't want nothing to do with it. Sure. Because you guys promised me a bunch and I'm not there and I'm not feeling it. And I didn't know that it was because I hadn't worked my steps sure. for three years. You know, I mean, they don't tell you that you got to keep doing it. <laughs> well, you know? they do. You just weren't listening. I right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so so I was like, if this is what they have to offer, I don't want nothing to do with it. Right. And I'm slamming my hand on the desk and I'm like, bah! you know, I'm just making a big scene because that's what Ugh. I do, right? Yeah, I so, can see this. Yeah, and these people in there are like all just, the women are like, uh, like don't say anything don't her, she's gonna fucking kill us right like i mean i was like psychotic yeah i can imagine psychotic yeah, yeah. so after the meeting and after i got done sharing i just sit there with my arms crossed and just my leg doing you know sure. and i was just like Ugh. yeah i'm sure the whole the rest of that meeting was probably super pleasant for everyone nobody even nobody even cross talked to me Really? Like, you know how normally oh, sure. when they cross talk and they're like, honey. Yeah, no, but no, if, it, if you're not. this high, people will just pretend <laughs> like it didn't happen and keep moving. They did not cross talk. <laughs> anyway. Like, Let's uh... go to this topic. You know, just totally avoided the whole fucking thing. Course, and I remember yeah. thinking that it was a bunch of shit that should have be about me. Like, did you not hear what I just said? Right. Like, I'm hurting and I'm fucking scared. And right. you guys did not hear what I said. And they're talking about something else and it's not me. And I don't like this, right? Right, right. And uh, this girl come up to me and she was a little woman. She was brave. Walked up to me. She had these big old goggle glasses on. <laughs> I don't remember her name. I was name. just about to say, do you know her still? I don't. Okay. I don't know what happened to her. I don't okay. remember her name. I just remember how she, what she looked like. I didn't even see her after that. It was so weird. It was like that an angel. That is weird. That is Like, she peculiar. had these big, huge glasses and she comes up to me and she says, honey. 
you need to go to 90 meetings in 90 days and get a big book and get a sponsor. How long have you been sober? And I said, six and a half fucking years. Yeah. She's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> So she didn't raise her hand to offer to be your sponsor. She just said, you need to go find That's someone. That's all she said. Yeah. I actually, I would expect anyone in that room would be like, go find someone else not in here. It was crazy. But then, then of but course, you, you get the guy that approaches me that says, hey, you need a house? I got a place. I got a room for rent. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, don't try to swoop me in. I'll that happened? knock you out. Oh, yeah. So, okay, but, but you listened to the woman. You did the 90, I, I, I yeah. assume. And what I did, the craziest thing, was I went back to that meeting. And I hadn't had my spiritual experience yet. Okay. Right? I'm still like a lost. Yeah, I could feel it's like a, a movement from your heart, like into yeah. your head and like out of your brains. Like, I, I was like, so lost. It was crazy. And yeah. I, I go to that meeting and now I'm not sharing, right? Okay. Because they, they're a bunch of fuckers and they didn't listen to me. But you went back. But I went back. Yeah. Because I was scared. Sure. Like I wanted to use. Sure. I wanted to use so bad. Every part of me wanted to get loaded. And... And I wanted to die. Yeah. I really did. It wasn't so much about using. It was like, I just, if my grandma's not here, I don't want to be here okay. either. You yeah. know, and it was kind of one of those because like she was the closest thing to me ever. <clears throat> and so there was this woman sitting across the room and she was a little old lady. Mm -hmm. And I know that I, I won't hurt old people. Like I won't, I'm not. Oh, like you're not going to go attack somebody I'm not, physically. And I'm, I'm not, I won't try to manipulate them. I oh, won't try to be okay. like, it's not about being dishonest. It's not about my ego of like one up in them. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's about like getting sober. Right. Okay. And I saw her, she had white hair and the most sparkly blue eyes ever in the world. And I said, that's going to be my sponsor. Okay. She's my sponsor. Because you I said will this not, to yourself from across. Yep, the, and okay. I was like, and I will not harm her. Okay, and yeah. I, I want, and she reminded me kind of my grandma. She was of, old and cuddly, and so I asked her to be my sponsor, and she said she would. And then I went home, and I, my alcoholism um, sabotage, sabotage. She's not going to be your sponsor when she finds out how fucking crazy oh. you are. She, you. Why would you even involve that lady in your life? Like, right? <laughs> this is what my disease is telling me. It's like, okay. you need to just go back out. You need to just get done yeah, with it. And away. then you can pick her as a sponsor when you come back in. Right, run away right now. Right, just go get loaded right now. So I get dressed up. I'm going to get loaded, right? I have it all planned. I had my son positioned already in a place to where he was fine. Okay. And so I get all dressed up. I get all dressed up. And... <laughs> Back then, my mattress was on the floor. Okay. Okay. And I dropped something, and I got down the air to get it, and I started screaming. And I'm at this house all by myself, of course, because I've lived by myself most of the time. Okay. So I'm screaming. And just, just. I'm screaming. Just raw. Like if there, if there really is a God, huh. that was the first thing out of my mouth. You gotta fucking help me now. Right. Like if you're real and you're loving and I'm just like going off on this dude, right? Like going okay. off like he's standing right in front of me. Right. And I'm and I'm crying and and I'm I'm like on the floor and I get this warmth. Huh. This most incredible like fucking freaked me out. I thought my grandma was visiting me. Huh. Really honestly because I wasn't sure about the god thing. Okay. So so I was afraid to open my eyes because it was super bright. So you mean like a true spiritual experience? Yeah, it was super bright. Like, I mean, I could not, I my eyes weren't even open. What the fuck? Right? It was so weird. And I'm telling you that like from that point, 
Like I could feel it being just completely lifted. Like, like I'll use this as an example and it's not even close to, to that. But when you took that first hit okay, and you're like, right. Yeah. And everything just feels different. Everything's just gone, man. Yeah. Everything's just gone. That was like times a thousand. Jesus. Like from that point, it was like, it was like that sense of okayness. I'm telling you, Dylan, never in my life have I ever, ever, ever felt it. And that's what it, we searched for. Yeah. I didn't know if it was God. I didn't know if it was grandma. I didn't know what it was. But I'm telling you, I, I lay down and I fell asleep in a fetal position like a little girl. And I woke up completely, entirely fucking renewed the next morning. That is far out. And I went to meetings and it was no longer about me. And I became 100% of service. I worked the steps every single year with my sponsor, Laura. I was there when she died after seven years of sobriety. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That is remarkable. I, cause that's, that's like out of the book, right? Like the, the burning bush shit. Like, yeah, I gotta get knocked in the head pretty hard for me to get it. Well, I guess knowing what I know of you, that makes sense, but it's still, that was not at all what I was expecting you to say. I mean, <clears throat> I just expected more of my experience, I guess, of a gradual, like, educational yeah 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 becoming more comfortable with with this feeling uh, but but it's still with you today then is what you're saying absolutely i don't lack faith in any way shape or form so what how do you uh what is your spirituality today what how do you i don't know manifest spirituality i don't know what the right word my spirituality to say manifest spirituality but what (laughs) do you do on a daily basis i guess whatever he has planned for me okay but, like but I spiritually have a maximum concerning. service. I do. I don't say no to to service. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't. I don't say no to it. I respond. Okay. Like I don't. You know, if it's brought to me, I believe that I'm here to carry a message. Yeah. Okay. Like I go out to the prisons every Wednesday and I talk to these girls, and that's not of me. You know. Sure. I mean, I do things that like spiritually. I wake up in the morning, and before I even get out of bed, I ask, "How can I be of service to you?" I still don't know. Literally, what that, you do this. Yes. Because like, I, I do, I, I even to this day, I'll do that every randomly when I'm feeling especially down. But when I hear people say that, I, part I do of it every still, morning. It's part I, of my routine. I hear the like, yeah, every day, come on, yeah. yeah but it's but part you of my do, routine. you do it every day. Yeah, because I my my brain wakes me up, and the first thing sure. I do, like, and I've been doing it for so many years that it's part of my routine okay, now. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that mean that I don't mean it heartfelt sometimes? Sure, okay. it's just part of my routine. I feel you know, you. it's like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna choose to take this day for me (laughs) time out god right i'm gonna do this one and i'm gonna be a fucking train wreck in a week and i'll get back to you how about that you know i mean i know that absolutely under like under no condition i mean i there's no doubt in my mind that um that there's something powerful out there i don't know what it is i'm not a religious person person i I don't i've read some of the bible it's like cool okay (laughs) it's not cool it's really lame it's like cool it's like what i I can't focus i can't read so it's like (laughs) you know i'm like oh that's cool okay and so you know i i backpack and things shut off for me Um, yeah okay i my spirituality is just knowing that there is yeah something other than me i like that that's it really i I call it dude do do you really yeah i mean you work with a lot of well 
I don't mean to put that on you, but I assume you work with a lot of people. I, I get the impression you work with a I lot do. of people. I do. I have a, right now, my biggest crowd that I have is every Wednesday and there's a hundred girls in my class. What are you talking about? You have a hundred, what are you talking about? Back up. What do you mean your class? What is this? I do, I teach a class out at um, South Boise Women's Correctional Center. Okay. And I teach the 12 steps. But those are people in the They're center. inmates. Okay. But so you're talking about sponsees? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, at this point in my recovery, yeah. um, I have zero sponsees that are working the program. Okay. Well, I have sponsees. Sure. But they I just... had to let one go today, kind of, but. Oh, okay. You know, I'm like, I'm here for the ones that want it. Okay. So th- what does that tell me when I'm, when I'm out and I have a couple girls that are just kind of like, oh yeah, this is great. Sure. Let me text Teresa. Hey, I'm doing good. Okay. It's like, really? What step are you on? So um, <laughs> I don't force anybody to work the program. If I don't hear of from them, I'm not that, their sponsor. That's not your job. No. You're, not, you're not there to like manipulate right. them. It's like, so you work in the steps, yeah, haven't yeah. heard from you in three months. Of you course. know, it's like, no, I don't do that shit. Like, right. But what does that say to you? when you? It, it says to me that I need to go to more meetings okay. and pick up more girls. Okay. That's an interesting way to put that. I think if I said that, it would be... It would be like Creeperville, right? It would be Creeper status. But to pick up more girls, like to To whatever. To get Of course. And And I'm kind of selfish in a way because it's like... Like I at thirty years sobriety and my life is so full. Of course. And summertime, it's been like this in summers for I couldn't tell you probably over ten years that mm-hmm. I tell my girls I have weekends off. Oh, I see. Because I'm out of signal. Off from them, like in you're the off, summertime. You're gone. You're in the gone. summertime, because I, I travel. Sure. You so go I'm out of signal or whatever. You go motorcycle Excuse riding me. too, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. the the. I have like a handful of little images of Teresa mm-hmm. in my brain. And, and the major one is like getting on your bike and going out. No, then, backpacking. But you don't, so it's not, it, it is wrong. My, my image yeah. of that. So you're right. Just, I'm not a biker bitch. I mean, I've been, you came here on a bike, on a bike. <laughs> I am kind of a biker bitch, but I'm really ultimately my favorite thing to do more than anything uh-huh. in all my hobbies is backpacking. Okay. I've traveled, I did not realize that. I've traveled the world backpacking far out. Yeah. It's been, and, and I've, my kids grew up backpacking. Yeah. I've been doing it for 25 years. And so you just have the one son or did you? I have you, two. Did you I have, have a 33 year old and a 21 year old. Okay. 13 okay. years apart. Don't recommend it. No, that's a, that's a pretty good size difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause then you, they basically are two single children, right? Like right. My sister and I. It was I are, easy. They didn't fight. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. My right. sister is eight years younger than me and we never fought, but yeah. it was also like I was already growing up and she. I had really... Skylar on my ninth year. His birthday is okay. the same day as my sobriety birthday. That's so I turned thirty and he turned twenty one. That's cute. That's yeah. nice. That's very good. He turned twenty one. He turned twenty one. So I, he's uh, like, I'm not going to drink. He's been drunk like four times already. And what was it? Two weeks ago. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Which like, isn't bad actually well, if you then, think about it. Right. <laughs> Lost his job because he got drunk. Didn't make it to work. That's that's. <laughs> I'm not like, good. welcome. <laughs> yeah, well, I have great kids. I, I assume that's not facetious, right? Your no, kids are, I have great kids, yeah, yeah. but they are me. Sure. Well, and they what, are, what do you like, expect, right? They have the disease, both of them, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, ultimately, my oldest knows it, and my youngest knows that he's that he could. Yeah, that it's it's a thing. That I, if he I, doesn't keep aware, if he's not able to stay alert with it, yeah. he's going to lose it. I, 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 try, I try to impress that upon my kids without being, I don't know, uh, overbearing about it, right? Like, I don't want to be like, you can't do this because something's going to happen, but... I watch my kids and I'm like, well, you know, you you got to be careful because you got what I got here. Yeah, and, it all and, starts with pot. 
That is really, <sighs> I think. I, well, both my kids smoke pot. They have yeah. Well, anxiety, and I think that that's medical. I feel like yeah. everybody smokes pot anymore, right? Like, so that's a tough one to even. Yeah. Identify that thing's going off again. Where? It, you want me to go check real quick? I I don't care. It doesn't bother me as long as you okay, don't mind it missing. Doesn't bother that. me. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I just I don't care about missing a call. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, nobody ever calls me. Why are they calling me? I, now? Exactly. Shit. The only person Never who ever calls me is for sure not calling me right now. <laughs> I know, right? Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. So for me, um, my spirituality is, um, and I can always tell when I'm not good spiritually. Because you know how they talk about contingent on our spiritual maintenance. Uh-huh. Yeah. I always know. How? How? Like, how do I'm you know? Because I'm a bitch. So you just feel it like you're... Like I get edge. I get this edge. Uh-huh. Like I get this edge of... And I get super irritated when people aren't doing what I think that they should be doing. Yeah. Or when... Like, when I look at somebody and I think, Oh, God. That person really needs to be smacked. This, you know, I mean, like, I, as you're saying this, I think I'm identifying why I feel connected with you, despite not really being clear. Because everything you're saying is that's this is how I also recognize when I'm like, yeah, you're not, you're not okay, you're you're off balance right now because mm-hmm. of the same thing. I, I just, I'm not. My patience is short. My, I become very self-centered with regards to everyone in my life and. I I registered as a a gift of my recovery to be able to recognize, oh, everyone in my life isn't an asshole. There's only one person in the middle of that. So clearly it's me and not everyone else. And yeah. yeah, And well, the cool thing about it too, is that like when I got my 30 year chip, like I have been like not really okay lately and I'm, and I'm not sure where it's coming from yet. Okay. And so, so I've been doing the work. Okay. Yeah, I meet my sponsor tonight. You know okay. what I mean? I mean, that's what I do because I'm not for sure. And it's not because, um, I mean, life still goes. I still do everything I do. I still play my softball. I still go backpacking. I still sure. ride my motorcycle. I still work with other alcoholics. But there's just like, man, it's just something's eating me. Right. And I don't know what it is. And I'm not, I have a, I don't have a lot of negative shit going on in my life, but there's just something that's, that's there, right? right? And I know it because I can feel it. And so at my 30-year chip-taking meeting, <laughs> <laughs> my coin celebration, whatever sure. you want to fuck okay. you want to call it, I was like, I was like, so the cool thing about 30 years is there's there's no criteria, right? So I just want to let you all know that I have 30 years of sobriety and I'm not okay. Okay, yeah. I'm like something, like I'm telling you, something's eating at me. I don't know what it is. I haven't been the nicest person to a lot of people. Okay. I have been um, wanting to isolate because that's what I do when I'm not okay. So then that way I don't have to make an amends to a bunch of people. Sure. So I isolate, right? Okay. It's safer that way because I'm like... I have no filter. I've never had any filter. Sure. So that's a big problem of mine, obviously. <laughs> so, so, and and that's how I kind of like took my chip was that um, I'm not happy. Yeah. Okay. I'm not happy like I'm normally happy. Huh. And I don't know what it is. I could tell you a thousand things of what I think it is. Right. But instead of doing that and sabotaging those little things that I think it is, because yeah. That's what would happen if I said anything about them okay. would be I would focus on the negative that one particular thing or that one particular thing. And then I would just sabotage shit and I'd wreak havoc and have to make an amends. Okay. Right. So I just don't. So I just take a look at me. Yeah. Where am I? Where's my checklist? Where am I not OK physically? Right. Where am I not OK 
financially? Where am I not okay spiritually? Where am I not okay sexually? Where am I not? I mean, all of it, right? Sure. There's that big checklist. And you're just in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be fine, and I know I'll be fine. I know you will. That's uh, as you're saying all this. I'm like, she's gonna be fine. Yeah, right? you're gonna this this fall will come along, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I wasn't doing great before, huh? Okay. Yeah. You know what the cool <laughs> part about it is, and this is like even when I'm in the midst of some really painful shit, is that I know that it's I'm going through some spiritual growth, and I love that. Yeah. Love it because I couldn't imagine like not having. I mean, I don't want to go be bad all the time just so I can grow spiritually. <laughs> Holy shit! But I, but I do want. I I like the idea that I'm not just like sure. in my recovery. Yeah, neutral. Yeah, just like okay, here we go again. This is fun. <laughs> Woohoo! I can't do that. I'm a feel good junkie. I I I always aim high. Okay. You know, I'm I'm like. I just want better. Sure. Who doesn't, right? Yeah, everybody wants better. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, oh, that could be the problem, actually. <laughs> well, and you said you, I, how many, so I'm going to ask this, how many divorces have you had then? If you five. Had, you've had five divorces? Yes. Woman, why do you keep getting married? Mm-hmm. I, I, have you been married in the time that I've known you? No. Okay, that's I what quit. I thought. Okay, okay, because I, I have noticed that My you've last had a one couple, couple of boyfriends Two. over the, over the <laughs> I've had two. I'm exactly on my two one. boyfriends since you've known me is what yep. you're saying. Okay. Since okay. my divorce, I've had two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you're on the second one now. I'm on. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, all right. Yeah. Who knows where it's going to go? But I'm not marrying. You're not him. marrying him. Okay. I yeah. said no yeah, matter five what. Five is you a just need ton, to... dude. Dude, I've the longest I've ever been with anyone is three years. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. And um, I that's just like. And what's your relationship with the baby daddies? I mean, at this point, they're, they're grown friends. men daddies, but yeah, I guess they're my friends. That's good. Well, That's my high good. school sweetheart was my 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 oldest, oldest boys. So sure. we've known each other our the whole life. The whole time, yeah. So we're family. Good. That's okay. good. His ex-wife or his wife doesn't like that so much, so I don't as much contact and hint with him. I can appreciate as that. I do his mom, his sister, like oh, oh, my your ex-mother-in-law. Ex is, yeah, I got it, got it. Like got it. we're family. Did you guys get married? The the your oldest right sons? out of high school. Okay, okay. So, so he was, was divorced one. one. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, well, I'm sure because you just described how you were not a normal person no, at that point anyway. Right. So not normal. My first, but <laughs> so my first marriage was out of high school, right out of high school, because that's what you do when you get pregnant and you have kids and you I get suppose, married. I guess yeah. whatever it lasted. I don't know, ten months. And then my second one was to the weird guy, the normie guy, and that was like three months. And then the third one was <laughs> dude. Um, <laughs> Was um, my youngest boy's dad, and I was with him for two years before okay. I got pregnant with Skyler, and he was the very first relationship that I'd ever had at the age of 27, 28 years old, right. um, that um, I was faithful. So wait, you've had two children? Two, two children. That's okay, it. Okay. Sorry, yeah. that sounded like you were so talking So 21 about years ago okay. when I had my son, <laughs> that it was, was the, with his dad. That was the longest was, that you'd been faithful at He that was point. my third marriage. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And he was the only one that I was, I mean, he, like, that was great. I learned how it was to be faithful in relationships. Sure. And I haven't felt that since. And it's pretty cool that I became that different person through that. You know what I mean? Like, my spiritual experience, I met his dad. Yeah. I got married. I had another kid, which was like an old shit thing, but it was cool. He's a great kid. Excuse me. And then, um, and then he had four years sobriety. Uh, I had... Oh, what was it? Eight years. 
and he had like 60 days or something. Oh, you like you hooked up with someone who was 60 no, days sober when you were eight years sober? Yeah. Oh, that's, I've I would, done that I'm gonna three guess, times. Oh, Teresa. I was going to guess that you would counsel people not to do that. But yeah, I here do. You've done it. Okay, good. I do. But you know what? Honest <laughs> to God, I went to a woman's meeting one time and they were talking about men predators in the rooms. Oh, sure. And they were just like, oh, yeah, they just. And I'm like, hello, my name's Teresa and I'm a predator. <laughs> oh, no. And they were like. <laughs> Did you? Oh, so you actually outed yourself totally. in that. That's good. I totally. mean, I, I appreciate that. That's that's totally. My sponsor asked me one time. They were like, he was just like, "What, what is it with you and newcomers?" I'm like, "They're the only ones with energy in the rooms." I yeah, I could. Okay, they're the ones that are on fire with life. Yeah, no, I like, can see that. And yeah. they're sick, and it's my ego. They're they sick. They look up to me. Oh my god! Like I mean, I went through that whole process, oh, right? My, so my third. Marriage, so wait a minute. Are you with somebody who was already I, right now? Was this person also? early sobriety when no you i quit them. doing this okay long time good, ago. good after good, my good. last marriage i haven't done it so okay, good. absolutely not absolutely all right wait a minute and you don't have to you don't have to so, say anything more <laughs> so so my third marriage was with my youngest my oldest my youngest boy's dad and we gotcha. were together for three years and okay. he went back out after four years and oh. went to prison so i divorced him oh, and oh. then my, guys, but he's, he's he's in prison he's currently in prison yeah he's oh. still in prison he's back and forth in prison he's uh. super bad he's not doing well Mm-mm. okay and so my fourth marriage so i assume you have that you're that boy is you're that son was with you the whole time then. yeah oh, okay yeah, i okay. raised him he got to live with his dad a little bit long enough for his dad to use with him and draw him out of school and all oh, kinds of crazy okay. terrible yeah. toxic bullshit sure so um my fourth marriage uh <laughs> <laughs> there was this guy that came into the red house and he had just moved here from montana and um, he was a little short buff guy. And I was just like, man, he is freaking cute, right? <laughs> God and, damn it. And, and I saw him at the coffee shop. And I was like, hey. And we, got, we became friends. And sure. I asked him if he'd just be my friend, my toy, for a while. Your toy, okay. Yeah, I just wanted I understand. He was younger than me. I've never dated older than me. So they, you know, normally can't keep up. So I, so I, <laughs> I asked him if he would. And, and he became that and we dated um for a bit for uh two years two and a half years something like that sure. and and then he wanted to get married and i said no oh, right i said okay. i'm not gonna marry you so we broke up because he i wasn't willing to take it to the other level and then i went through and did this fear inventory <laughs> and all this inventory on it and why i wasn't willing to commit and so i was like okay i'll marry you so we got married we were married for five months oh boy okay yeah <laughs> and we got married for five months and he he um says to me uh he was really sad like moping around like it was awful i just i was like Dude. He, re- he realized that getting married was not the right he was like i made a huge mistake i should have <laughs> never got married i'm like sure let's just end it then so we did oh, okay. and he's still my friend and he's still sober yeah, he's go. he's been sober the whole time. Uh, not active in the program, but he's still a really That's good fine. friend of mine. We've traveled the world together as friends. Nice. So, and then um, that was my fourth, and my <laughs> fifth wedding was with. How do you approach the fifth wedding? I have to say, I didn't like, have a wedding. Okay. So my okay, fifth that, marriage, that, I didn't have weddings. Okay, I had, like little ceremony. Okay. Let's eat some cake, and you know. So, um, so so my fifth one was um, was uh, um. I'm not sure if he had a year. I'm not sure. Oh, boy. And of sobriety, I'm assuming. Of sobriety. <laughs> oh, you're not sure and I when had, you met him or you're not sure when you married him? I had 20, 20 years, 21 years. 
was awful. I should have never. It was I'm going to guess you've had to do some work on these people. I have done work on all of them. And I have not. I mean, like, it's been awful, right? Oh, and, sure. And this one, the fifth one, did a job. What do you mean? I mean, he like used the whole. I'm pretty sure the whole entire time in my relationship. You oh, um, like he was he was using, and you just didn't realize it. But we traveled the country, man. We had so much fun. We had a great time. We we. I mean, I gave oh, up half of my half of my business so, so you're, we could you're, do his business. You're wondering now, in hindsight, whether he was active throughout the whole thing. The whole thing, uh, because I caught him when I caught him. Okay. Um. I was like, we can work this out. It's sure, okay. Sure. We can work this out. It's no big deal. And he was like, no, we can't. Yeah, got I it. mean, he chose that over our marriage. Uh, and l- let me do say this, that when I do commit, like I commit 100%. And I felt sure. kind of like a hypocrite, like doing this like recovery thing and being 100%. Like I don't do anything wrong, right? The worst thing that I do is like have sex outside of marriage or live okay. outside of marriage, okay. right? And okay. I thought, well, I just need to make it right. And oh. I was just like... So it was all for the wrong reasons. Okay. Today, I don't care. Strike me down. <laughs> like, I am not getting married again. Okay. Yeah, and it's, no, I, I, yeah, there's I, just, one was enough for me. So I, I appreciate what you're I saying. I wish I would have learned that, <laughs> you know, but the cool thing is, is that for me is that, um, is that I know now. Okay. Yeah. Not that it's, I mean, I, I believe that when I go into meetings and, and oh. I sit in a meeting and I see something. Sure that's attractive to me i'm like fuck no yeah i feel you yeah i do feel you. like especially in the period where you were betting against me like i was very very conscious of exactly that and i would i would position myself so that i couldn't see if there was a woman that i found alluring i would put myself between a, a post or a group of people so i just couldn't even see that person through the meeting because i was because I knew I would just spend the whole time fixating and focusing on what I was going to say to her or how I could get her attention or just any number of things that were not why I'm there. But uh, Crazy thing is I started dating outside of the rooms uh and I I attract them. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I have experienced that as well, actually, now that you bring that up. You just can't, I mean. They just come to you and then then a few months in they're like, hey, I think think I'm an alcoholic drug addict. (laughs) Can I go to a meeting with you? I'm like, no. No, go to peace. a go over there. Yeah, no. I mean, I've had some really crazy experiences like that, and yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. I just know that for me, that if I have my relationship right with God uh-huh. or God, my dude, well, is yeah, that that's like fine. I say God? So you say God? Else says God as a, as a shorthand. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody like, yeah. says God. Yeah. So yeah. cool. You know what I'm talking about? That's so it's I, like, I I really know what you're talking yeah. about. I do the same. Yeah. So. So like I have a relationship and 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 I'm my goal is to not harm people today. Okay. And when I go into a meeting or if I do something that is self-motivated in any way shape or form whether it be um getting in a relationship or um selling something or you know whatever yeah. it's like taking a look at my motives and going is it I don't want to hurt anybody yeah. today. Yeah. And I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. I'd rather be by myself the rest of my life. Okay. Because if I have to. Right. Right? Like, I know that in a relationship or out of a relationship, I'm good. Right. Either way. Right. Because you'd rather do that than sacrifice your principles of hurting somebody in order to not be alone. Right. And it's so hard work getting in a relationship and being in one. Like, sometimes I think, man, I'm not capable of it. (laughs) It's not worth it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, uh, God, why do I have to do this? Sure. Well, because we want to get laid. I mean, put it down. I used to be able to just go get laid. I feel But you. then you outgrew that, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. I got, uh, you outgrow that. You're like, okay, I got a little now self-esteem yeah. now and morals. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> I am so fucked. Can't even just go out and get some anymore. It sucks. Oh, boy. That, that happened to me years ago. Sure. And I'm just like, okay, now what? Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't want to make an amends just for going and getting something. So I just don't. <laughs> and then it all comes full circle with the avoiding the, the early sobriety people. Well, and think about it. Like if you go and do that and you do an I inventory think about it and often. you're working this, right? I do. <laughs> and you're doing an inventory on it. Like think, I mean, it's like, oh shit, now great. Now I have to right. go and right. it gets old saying, you know, hey, I just want to let you know that <laughs> what happened between us was, you know, selfish and self-seeking on my part. And, and I, I feel I owe you an amends for that. So I hope that you can especially, find it in your heart to forgive me. Especially if they're normal people because they're like, they're like what, what are what? you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, I appreciated you like, not dude, calling my me. number. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's crazy. But, but it's so true. It is. But you're good. I mean, you, you, the smile on your face, the like light coming yeah. from across the table, regardless of what you were just saying about not doing okay. You, you, those you, are all lessons for me. You look I'm good. good. You yeah, look I'm good. good. You, you, you seem yeah. good. And I am. There's yeah. just something, there's just something, you know, you get sure. that little something that's like poking at you. Yeah. And if you don't do something about that little poke, sooner yeah. or later, it's, it's like going to start punching you. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to grow and, and I'm not willing to go to, I'm not willing to take anything to the extreme of, because when I get to that point, sure, it's no longer, using is not an option for me. Sure. It's, but I'm telling you, I, I have, I can get mad. Well, sure. And <laughs> you're and, a fiery person. Yeah. And yeah, I, I want to end on this. What, when was, when was the last time you've felt in danger like like oh shit i'm x number of steps from going out at 22 years that was the last time yeah 22 years and what was the context of divorce of the last one and i knew that i just couldn't do it anymore it was crazy i see i left for the philippines and came back the day after my my divorce was final like i went to the philippines barakai what is that oh the the barakai it's an island in the philippines and i went there because of everything that happened and it got to the point to where I didn't understand anything. When I don't understand something and my head gets spun out and I can't focus, yeah. then I then I think about unloading 30 round clips and okay. I think about I'm not suicidal. Okay. And and I think of like all planned out, like all like psychotic shit. And at 22 years of sobriety, I should have never ever been in that spot. And I was. Okay. And so... And even still, I mean, you ran away, which isn't I went, necessarily the best choice. Well, when I came back in the day after uh, my divorce was final, I came back from the Philippines and I had to have some people um, stand by my side for a while. And I had to take a little uh, anxiety medicine for a while. Uh-huh. And I sought outside help. And I got through it. Okay. You know, I did all the work on it and I got through it. But that's the last time that's... that I, like... It wasn't so much about using. It was about um, ending. Way worse. Yeah. Oh. Way worse. Like not ending me. Sure. But like I I, I was like, I I felt your energy shift there. Yeah. So, so for me, um, I'm so grateful. Yeah. 
I really am. Like you, you go back and you look at all those things that you go through in recovery. And the thing is the right down to the dirt of it all is that I've wanted to stay sober more than anything else. That's good. So I have 30 years, man. Fucking rocket. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to end on that. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate really appreciate it. it. Okay. Not a problem. Bye. This has been the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Teresa. Um, it was so much more than I expected and, and anticipated. I, I knew she was colorful and exciting and interesting, but that was uh, it, it was beyond my expectations. And I feel bad I didn't circle back around to talk more about her work at the Boise Women's Correctional Center. Um, we, we spoke a bit at, uh, about it after we turned off the recording, and uh, it's remarkable. The work she's doing on a weekly basis, sitting down with, like she said, hundreds of women to do work on what she calls freedom on the inside out at the South Boise's Women's Correctional Center. Um, again, just one more example of... of what a remarkable person Teresa is and I don't know I the level of dedication she has to helping other people it's inspiring in a way that I, I didn't even register that that's part of what drew me to her and I, I feel so happy that I got an opportunity to share this with, with everybody out there and I hope you enjoyed it, and if you have any comments or, or suggestions or if you just want to discuss this with me further, or Teresa for that matter, you can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, and you can drop us a line at the uh, contact us portion of uh, the eavesdrop.com podcast network. But uh, yeah, this was a true, uh, this was a wonderful experience, and, and uh, I love all of you out there, especially those of you seeking recovery from from whatever has been ailing you and uh, i hope you have a, a terrific rest of your day thanks again for listening which will probably